Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. Uh, before we start again, thank you to everyone who's tuned in before, uh, very much appreciated. This week uh, I'm joined by some local Lanarkshire legends, the LaFontaines. Where are they? <laughs> are <you> coming soon? <laughs> uh, Kerr and Jamie have both joined us just off, off the back of uh, another tour uh, that they've been doing, so aye, thanks very much for, for coming on. Thanks for Cheers having for us, mate. Aye. Cheers for the juice. No worries. We're actually parked out my back garden. Uh, thank you for inviting us into your home. <laughs> it's, nice. it's been our first uh, day of summer, I would say, so I thought I'd invite you along and we'll try not to get too freezing as a night goes on. cold, Exactly. Because the sun's all there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all sitting in the shade. Uh, so, aye, what's been happening? Just back from tour, mate, like you said. Just came back last week from a UK Irish tour with a band called Death Havana. We were supporting that. And uh, it was... Tremendous, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. It was uh, Very good. really, really good. And now we're just back in, just finishing off work on our third album. So where were you still? How many dates did you do? What was... It was like 18, 18 days. I think it was 15 gigs over 18 days. Uh, I've had to say it that many times, I should know it by now, but I think it was Cardiff, Portsmouth, Bristol. England. England, aye, aye. England, 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 aye. We recently, for this record, we just jumped up to like like a bigger label, who, who they are on. We like Band of Skulls and... Um, placebo. Placebo. Are they, eh? I think so. Aye. And then, <laughs> uh, aye, and basically we, we met them at a festival in Germany. And they kept saying things all the time, like, if there's a band you should tour with, it should be Death of Anna, like, they love a drink and all that. Like, that was literally all people would say. Like, they love a drink, use like a drink. That was the chat all the time. And uh, I thought it was one of the like daft things that just folks saying you go and meet them and they're like stone cold sober or whatever. <laughs> they're not to quite be, Scottish. No, exactly. Uh, but, but, uh, to to uh, be fair though, they they like a drink. That festival in Germany, <laughs> like they said, Death of a restaurant. We looked in, they were all like, was it five in the afternoon? But I was throwing bottles of vodka and all that, <laughs> cheering. <laughs> they were right. Aye. Aye. And uh, they were absolutely brand new, man. I, I, it's probably probably. The, Soundest band we've ever toured with. You're going really, really well with them. Just stupid things like if you've ever been in a band before and, and then you're a support band, you know the score with your rider. Like you travel, let's say for instance, it was Glasgow to London, seven, eight hours, and you're starving and you get to your dressing room. And even if you're playing a 2,000, 3,000 cat venue, you've got like six Walker's Crisps, six Red Stripe, and a bit of bread. No, I think it's, I say there's like six years, there'd be five Red Stripe. Somebody's not getting one. A wee tubby salsa for some reason. <laughs> Miscellaneous salsa. Oh, uh, carrots. Aye. A bag of carrots and Stupid five things like that. And like they were right away, they were like, look, when we're on stage or whatever, when I just come in and scram our rider. Which is I good because usually we get in like when the main band's on stage, we just go in and steal it. Wait till they go on stage, we've been doing that for 10 years, going in and Stealing bands right there when they're on. Guys come back like that, what's happening here? <laughs> and, uh, we've got a few th laptops out of it and all, Aye, we've yeah. still a lot of good <laughs> stuff. It's probably why a lot of bands don't like taking us in tour. No, I just I go in and steal their, uh, all their beer and all that, but definitely I never seen. It's the right to steal their beer. They'd said to us, if we're like, any you want it, go and take it. I'm like, 
Sound can swell to high, but we weren't going to anyway. <laughs> and did they ask, they ask you to go then? Aye, so they, 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 were, they were cool with it. They were like, aye, let's have them board, man. And then, because we met them in Germany, we were going pretty well. And then when the tour came up, they had us. And uh, aye, we got on great. And I, I think we've got to go back to Europe again um, later this year with them. And they're, they're doing pretty well in Germany and stuff. Now, so it'll be bigger shows for us again. And I mean, like, the past couple of years, we've been fortunate enough to go to Europe quite a bit. Places like Germany and France and uh, Holland and that, and they're really receptive, man, to like our, whatever we're doing. I think over there as well, it's like, over here, rather, you need a, for somebody to validate it all the time, you need like a co-sign from like Annie Mac or something to say like, this is good, go and listen to it. So the industry, like you need the tastemaker to be like, no, that's sound, you can like this. Whereas over there, it's very much like, but they'll see it and they'll like it. And if they, if they like it, then that's all it needs. So it's like, it's it's almost like an easier in right away. And also just being, they like having British bands over. Like, I mean, there's daft things that like we've, we've played in Poland to Seven Folk and you've got like, they put you up in a hotel and they'll they'll have an unlimited beer and food and all that. You just treat it so much better. And you're of tubs of salsa. I get salsa, like four or five salsas. And, uh, Big bottles of vodka and all that. You just treat it a lot better than you are over here. And I think it's because there's over here there's such an abundance of bands that you're spoiled for it. So promoters don't really give a fuck, John. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. Aye, whereas uh, you just treat it a lot better. So I love, we love playing Europe. So to go back with them and uh, later on this year would be really good for us as well. And just about growing that over there, it's like the ripple effect. You need to kind of spawn somewhere and just keep plugging away at it, man. What's your one city in Europe that you love? Love Hamburg. Can you say that before? Oh, Hamburg's great, man. Uh, Reaper band. Where's where is the Reaper band? Hamburg. That's Hamburg. Hamburg and I, sorry. Mm. Aye, that's that's an amazing. This club called the Molotov, which is just, it's just. It's right in the middle of the strip. It's right in the aye. middle of the mayhem, aye. and uh, it's a great place to play. Really good club. Also, like like uh, Stuttgart in Germany is really good as well. Um, with the loads of good gigs in Germany, that place and Paris has always been good for us as well. In uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam's amazing. We've got a gig, we're playing in Venice. We've got a festival in Venice coming up, it's called Home July. Festival. Have you been to Venice before? Aye, we've done a video in Venice. In fact, oh, of we, course, eh? One of the boys that used to be in the band, John, before he left for Greener Pastures, eh, just before he was getting his way out, he was like, we just put an album out and one of the songs was called Common Problem and he was kind of main boy singing the chorus. But he couldn't make the, the shoot. So, I was an idea to like, I had a blow up doll and I'd, I'd got a mask of his face and I just carted that about Venice. But if you've ever been to Venice, you know it's like this, was it like nuns and that kind of, it's a pretty holy place. <laughs> so it just looked like we were in this mad, ridiculous stag do with this <laughs> blow up doll, own gondolas and all that, sitting like having blow tight and like a fag to the wee guys, the guy's mask face and all this. <laughs> just, it was nonsense. Must be the most civilised stag do destination. Aye, exactly. Aye. <laughs> Where do you go on your stag to your Venice, mate? Totally, man. But it's a beautiful place. And then we took a car from there and went up to Lake, Lake Garda and done some stuff. It was great, man. It was a really... Fortunate enough with this to travel about quite a bit, which is probably the reason you still do it as much, you know? I suppose stuck my way back to the start. You have been going for, what, 10 years, maybe? Or? More, probably, yeah. 11? Aye. About 11. About 11 years this year, I think. Yeah. And it's always been myself, Jamie and Daz. Um, 12 maybe, food than the first demos. I was 17. We're a heritage band. 
<laughs> vintage. <laughs> vintage, aye. But we've done it since we were wee, like we were like 17 or whatever when we started. And then, uh, aye, it's been, it's been mad, man. It's like, it's just, at the very start, it was because we, we make music that's different or it whatever. It is different. Um, I suppose when you started, it was almost really different. Aye, well, it was like, it was, Nobody done that. I mean, I don't. There's not really anybody else that does it now. I mean, there's. I suppose you could go like, Twenty One Pilots or a, a band that like have rap and rock in it or whatever. And but it's. I mean, even even saying that, rap and rock sounds stinking. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> On paper, it looks. So I'll be, we're just we're a rock band, is what we are. And I just so happen to, rap or whatever. But uh, at that point. I don't even know how it came about. It's not as if we ever get in a studio and we're like, let's go and make this type of music. It was just, that's what I'd done. And that was the only way we could fit me in, really. But and I suppose it, knowing you is from round about this area and where we are from, it almost seemed to me as if he's got the best drummer, the best guitarist, you know. I will, he's, he's made almost like a kind of one up try or super I, group, I, I would collectify. say. Yeah. Well, it, was, it kind of was that, like, I, I kind of started it with, with Daz, obviously we knew Daz used to be in your band. And uh, before I stole him, and, and uh, <laughs> no, so I knew he was a great guitarist, and then I heard that he was a really good drummer. Stole him. I heard my drums. I heard, I heard your drums. <laughs> like. He's stealing quite a lot. Of I was missold, missold, man. And uh, <laughs> I and then and then we just uh, anybody that was willing to come and play, and then we made the music, and we just we kept going for there, and it was like first gig was at King Tut's, which at that time was like, oh my god, man, imagine playing because at that time as well, like. King Tuts isn't what it used to be. No. It was like a, it seemed to have a lot of kudos then. It probably still does, maybe it's just I'm too far removed from it now. But uh, no, you're a bit more big time care, aren't you? That's me, I've I've changed man. <laughs> we get we did a gigs. I'm King not Tuts. playing King Tuts again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, aye, so it's that and then we then it kinda went. It went I don't know if it went quick, because I mean we're eleven years what but it's it's always been like on the Incline or whatever. But it almost seems like he's never had to do all these, as you say, daddy gigs before you played somewhere like King Touch, you know, it was like you released. Did that happen? What did you have one song out before? Aye, these? aye. I mean, I may be here, but then I was certainly, we certainly made up for it. We've done enough daddy, daddy gigs. Since. Since. <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? We've done our fair share of the daddy gigs. Which you, you need, man, like to, to, like it's all experience. You need to know how to play the bar staff and you need to know how to play. Thousands of folk and then or whatever, and then you somehow that's just how you learn. What's the biggest daddy gig you've done? Where do you thought this is? That's, that's probably good. Like the going to Poland. I mean, if I think about the drive we've done to Poland, and then plenty of, like seven folk or whatever, you suddenly think to yourself, <laughs> I must really love this. <laughs> I mean, one of, doing this. one of the first gigs we've done, we get booked for. We just knew we were playing Ock and Lick. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> So it turned up, but it was like a play of the year dance. <laughs> somebody, whoever booked the bands is just like, somebody's going, I know a band, this band are good, and it's, it's rather than like, what, what's a suitable band we can get for this play of the year dance, and that turn up and we've, to play for an hour or longer or whatever, having to just like play songs twice and all that. Because <laughs> they must have thought like, they were getting like a covers band or something. <laughs> So it just does what he's like. We never done that it. was one song, an old song we had called Sunset In. It was like just warming up, sort of forcing us to have a good time, like <laughs> dancing like, with the bags in the middle. It was like a football team. Aye, it was, aye, a, aye, it was, it was a, a like juniors. So. <laughs> 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 
You were on playing like bizarre. superstar and all this. And <laughs> madness. So we've done enough stuff for that, man. Uh, but it's so important that like to turn your stripes as such, you know. To then, uh, I suppose, like take it really far. I feel like just there with just done India. Went to Mumbai was one of the most surreal things I've ever done. Even though I didn't even know they done Western music out there. Do you know what I mean? Really? And, uh, I, didn't know, I didn't know India had done gigs. I, I just thought it was like <laughs> madness. Aye. Bollywood everywhere. And uh, we went and we played, played in Mumbai the first night and then went to this festival in Pune, it was called. It was called uh, the Week Bacardi Weekender and it was like thousands and thousands of folk that just gone absolutely nuts, man. <laughs> Losing control of their limbs. I was like, Playing this because we were playing super futuristic music, as they called it. Did you say that? <laughs> super futuristic music, man. I was like, Thank you. But that was just a mad place. It was like, uh, and then like just after things like uh, dogs barking for like eight hours straight in India. That, that happens. <laughs> like going down a street and there's like a goat in a plank of wood. Stunning. How did it come about? How did? Like you've just got your own booking agent, obviously. And... Aye, so the agent never got us that. The agent, you find the agents don't get you a lot of gigs. <laughs> They're just there. And uh, it came about through a label or something like that. Somebody asked us to go out and do some stuff. And then, aye, it was just a... Loads of these things come about randomly. You, you kind of find, like, somebody knows somebody that's asked, or have seen us somewhere else. Or, because we're out and about as much, like, I suppose you get more chance of getting seen. Aye, great though. Is there a lot of poverty in India then? Was it a bit an it's, eye opener? It's poverty like you've never seen in your life, yeah. next to wealth like you've never seen in your life, like next door. So some guy standing in this, like the equivalent of a football stadium, that's how big it is or whatever, and then there's just a wee guy in a shack or on the street. And there's like, I mean, I stepped in like a dead rat where it was pretty hoofing. So like rats, like that, kicking about. Aye, there's like sort of slum bits built on inside the skyscrapers and all that. It's mad, eh? But amazing it's an amazing though. place, an amazing place. Like How was the food? Brilliant. You hear of that deli belly, don't you? Like, fuck it then. I, I was alright. I, I found the... Uh, alright for the most part. Not too bad. Aye, it was... Uh, I'm not too too hot with the spices, I must say. So then, I found it so-so. Just kind of watching what I was eating, but... Uh, I mean, the food... Over there as well, it's like one of the things we could take out a few nights with, like, the... To like Bollywood Hills as such, and like with the guy that was there to like take us about and show us all the sights, that was the kind of thing that they had hooked up for us. And it's in there, I don't know if it's in a tradition or it's, it was just this guy's kindness, but like they'd order you everything on the menu, sort of thing, and just bring it out, keep bringing it, and you just keep eating this stuff. And I'm <laughs> parry with the spice, man. <laughs> Pure like, mmm, thrown away and all that. I love it. Uh, I, love I suppose it's stuff. just a different hospitality, isn't it? Absolutely, but that's, I mean, that's the, the best thing about it. I think the best thing about the, being in a band is being afforded opportunities to go to all these different places under different circumstances, as you would be as a tourist as well. If I think the first time I went to New York with my missus and we had a normal like holiday and it was still class or whatever, but then when we went with the band, you go and you, you feel like you see, you see like the real parts of the city more. Aye, you're not we, going to the Empire you're State. Not going to, you're not going to Times Square or whatever and I just feel like that the, the main thing with this is like you get the, the opportunity to travel which and get to see so many different cultures which helps everything man like that's you often find that's 
stops everything from like, like racism and like when you see like people's different cultures and you realise they're just kind of the same as you or a bit different, you take wee parts of that. It's 100% the best thing for me about doing this job. <laughs> I suppose for me that's quite prevalent as well. The places that are almost the most racist areas are the most isolated that don't have a high level, you know. 100%, I mean, it's like, it's so insular. It's all you're known as your wee area, your wee pocket of the world. And unfortunately, a lot of people can't, maybe don't have the means to go and explore it financially, it's restrictions and all that. But if you have the opportunity, then can I recommend it nearly enough? It's just uh, you feel like you're all one. It seems like you do have a, a total different scale. Before we started filming this, we, we were talking about, you know, sometimes you done a, you done a live video a few weeks ago and you were saying, oh, we've got a tenner each for dinner and we've got four cans just between five and whatever. <laughs> but then you go to India and you're treated like royalty. And it almost, I feel that when people think of bands, they almost think if you're in a band, you're touring the world, you're making millions. Aye, definitely. And they're so far removed with the, the truth. Especially now, like, I mean, how many people do you know that buy music? It's very, very few. And streaming's such a big thing, you think you're like, you're, streaming numbers and stuff, your songs get million plus plays and all that, like, you think, oh, class. Break that down. Let's say it's like, what, four grand for every million streams, and then time you split that four ways, and then your manager and blah, blah, blah. Lawyers and... Lawyers, and you're lucky you <laughs> 40 quid off it. Over 12 years. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's... It's just that it's a weird thing. I mean, you make money from your gigs. That's how you make... And the, and the higher, the more tickets you can shift then the more value you're worth to it. So that's how you can make money now. I mean, and then your merchandise and all that, there's, there's certainly ways to, to make it profitable, but it's 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 by no means a... Unless you're like Ed Sheeran or something, or like we Capaldi's doing amazing now, you know what I mean? It's And you're a soul guy, or or like, or you're like Jerry, like Jerry Cinnamon or whatever, who's, who's come up and he's doing it himself. It's amazing. And then that's all... That's all going to Jerry. So that's saying you want to get rid of Jamie then? So hopefully, Chaz <laughs> in here today, so if I can get rid of Jamie, it'll just be me. Then that's ideal. You're on a backing track. Exactly. So it'll be soon. Uh, aye, there's ways to make it, but it's it's nowhere near what, what you assume with the level you're at. The money doesn't really tie up no. whatsoever. However, the, oppo like the, the, the opportunities you get to go in are good. Aye, you need to look at the positives as well, don't you? Getting to go to India, that's better than... No getting to go to India. <laughs> 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 I bet some of the stuff's better than, better than ever making a wage. Aye, it's Aye. experiences, and I often feel that, you know, you kind of put a value in experiences and travelling places. Man, stories for the dinner table, it's like how I try and look at life. Like I've got some good stories. What are they? What's your one story that if you have a thought <laughs> round for dinner, you're going to tell them? I've never actually I've said that sentence before, nobody's ever come back. great stories then, mate. <laughs> uh, man, I don't know, like, if talk about New York, they're like, was that Tartan Week? Is Tartan Week, right? we took it, took it for Scotland Week, so Tartan Week in, in New York, and we get marched up and down like Fifth Avenue, and all these <laughs> Americans like for eight clapping, you just walk down. Like, <laughs> like, it's just mad, just mad. And then uh, like, black guys come up to you, like, yo, I'm one of Scottish. And you're like, aye, sound. But he was saying he was Scottish. Aye, like, I'm one of Scottish, man. I'm like, oh, cool, man, sound. And uh, or like, just mad, or people think you're Irish all the time. But anyway, like they, we played and we played in Central Park. Mark stopped and didn't. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Do I mean, aye. Stories for the dinner table. Uh, he's forgotten. Them. I well, just, aye. I just, I just <laughs> thinking about it. That's and, uh, amazing. I know it was. Played in Central Park. 
it was, <laughs> it was mad. And then like, just some of these, some of these stories. Like, mind we met the Mexican gang, who were like, were just a, uh, that uh, they were. They were, asking, they were asking me for a fag or a lighter or something like that, and their manager, Artie, was telling me, like, as if she was, like, feeling them, but I don't know, been talking to them, so I knew they were, they were, they were, they were from Canada, they were Mexican, but they lived in Canada, and they were doing New York to get this pair of jeans you can only get there. And then, right. and then they was trying to, like, say, don't, don't talk to those guys, they were doing a sound, and whatever, I don't know, but I'd always tell them we were playing the next night at the whatever. Yeah, or something we were playing. Whatever club we were playing, and then <laughs> they turned up. They turned up to the gig, and I was playing. I could see them all bouncing about, and, <laughs> and then talking to him after it. And then the manager ended up. I don't know. Ended up hanging about with us for a few days, but just one of them was a tattoo <laughs> artist, and he said he was got. To, I was like, I don't have any tattoos, man. But if ever I was going to get one, it'd be like the new. Here with my best pals, first time in New York, and all that. And then uh, he was like, I think he was just bam me up. That he was a tattoo artist. <laughs> She like, he drew this thing he was going to put in my back. I was drunk enough to have nearly gone to get it as well until I actually seen sun, sunlight when I seen it sobered up quite like this is mental. It was just this mad drawing, look like something from the Goonies, like the Eye the Goonies or something. How he drew it. Just, it's just very artistic. <laughs> Aye. And, and, and then that was the same restaurant we met like Daniel Craig and all that, and we were all like singing Skyfall at him and all this. And <laughs> just those stupid things like that, man, that are just. Did they record not run a story on that? Some, Aye, I mean, they, blew, they blew the proportions if they made it as if it up and cracked Daniel Craig or whatever. <laughs> Aye, as if like we were having to get escorted out by his security, you know, that was the, the son. I think what really <laughs> happened was he was in the restaurant and we were like, oh, Daniel Craig. <laughs> and then we were up and asked for a picture or something and these mad security guys said no. And then we came back and went, oh, we never got in. And then we started singing Skyfall. But that get made out as if we started singing Skyfall right in his face <laughs> and then we get launched out and never getting back into America and all this. Same thing when we went to Morocco and we done the, the the video in the desert, and uh, like you, you need a permit to film in a lot of these places. So basically, the music video it's like usually you spend a couple of grand and you just get bands just playing in a a live setup and it's boring to watch. So we always just thought, why don't we just take that money and just go on holiday with it and take a camera and film some stuff, man. It'll look good anyway. We'll have a good time. Totally. And uh, we went to like Marrakesh. She was bonkers, uh, and like we need a, f especially over a place like that, you need like a, a, a filming permit to, to actually film there. And they post pulled up at one point where I was right in the middle of the road doing this like sync thing to camera. And it was just scooters in and out about you, and it was amazing looking. And they pulled up and they're like, follow us. Put us in a van or whatever, took us to this mad like meeting, like the holding cell bit, and it was a. Uh, <laughs> They were terrified. Aye, man, they're all shouting Arabic and all that at you and saying you, you work for BBC and all this. I'm like, no, honestly, I don't. <laughs> anyway, you do sometimes. Aye, I suppose right. I don't know. Right. Right. you, <laughs> and you, they were fortune tellers. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they, but like they wanted to play all this stuff and the guy where we Oscar was savvy enough to pull the camera out and like fire it down his trousers or whatever <laughs> and just take random pictures while we were walking there so it looked like we were just tourists because he wanted to play all this stuff. We just spent like five days filming. And then he had us in this holding cell for like hours, man. And like saying we work for the BBC and all this stuff. And then they all just seemed to like leave after a while. <laughs> and we were in this bit and like. And they were going to find somebody that could translate. And then, uh, but then, then so they showed they up. There, so we just sat <laughs> so we sitting just, and they were just. 
Just walked it. We left and went back to our hotel and then we're like, that was pretty mad, wasn't it? And then like a few hours later, it felt like full Marrakesh SWAT team showed up at the hotel wanting us to, they come into the room and all that and like try to flip the beds and stuff to try and get us out. But then, so that night we were like, let's just leave here and we went straight to the Sahara Desert and filmed there. But then like that story came back to the paper somehow and it made it as if we'd like shot a few Moroccans <laughs> or something and never allowed back in and all this. You take that Mexican Mexican cartel for exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So just mad stuff. How do you choose the locations then? What made you? He usually comes up with them. Uh, I had been to Marrakesh before and just it'd be good exciting colours and all that sort of thing to film. We went to Going to the desert was good because you go as a tourist and they, they call it the Coca-Cola desert. That's like the it's a crap theme park one. We met this boy, it was like, no, I'll take the real desert, Sahara one. Remember the scorpion in the tent and all this? And then uh, he took us right to this, like the real, the big dunes and stuff, man. And it was just, it was like, you have to type in like, you type in desert on your screensaver and like in your computer, it was like that. It was just amazing. And, uh, Aye, but with, with videos and stuff, it's usually Jamie comes up with like with Venice. He said that as well, and then uh, done a wee video in India because we were there. Just places that look interesting or on camera look good. It's almost like if you're watching a video, you want to look at something that is fun rather than a band just playing in the room because you could. Oh, it's boring, isn't it? Regardless how good the song is, I suppose it's quite. I mean, I know it's a standard thing, showcases the song and stuff, but I mean that was that same video. I remember I phoned up Murrayfield Stadium. The idea was that every time I hit the camera, it spun to a different location. Right. So I'd hit it, and I'd be, we were at the Barris. I'd, I'd <coughs> hit it, and then we'd be in London. When I, like, Emirates, like, flight simulator thing, hit it again, I was back at Murrayfield. But to get to Murrayfield, I phoned them up and was, like, telling them the, the pitch of the video. And they were like, are right, you getting any money for this? Because it costs, like... I think it was something stupid and the, the, the figure will be after it, let's say it was like something like seven grand to just fire the lights on in Murrayfield. And I was like, look, I don't even have 70 quid to give you. Or like, all right then, fine, just come. <laughs> You're just, joking. No, so we ended up getting it for nothing as long as we sent a tweet out and uh, <laughs> saying they were filming there and they, and they had the full Murrayfield Stadium with like the song playing and like all the, <laughs> the, the visuals for the song on the big screens and all that, just me doing sync. And then that spun and then we were in like Marrakesh or whatever. It just looks just interesting to watch, I think. Well, That's hopefully, good. anyway. So you're on your what, third album now? Third album now, eh? What's your, your favourite album? This one. Is it? Right. You're Aye. not saying that just because folk want to listen to it? Uh, no, it's because I'm the singer now. Aye. I'm the singer of songs. I think, without giving a band answer, one of the, it's our best work, man. <laughs> it is our best work. <laughs> I think we've just got, I think it's very concise. I think it's like we know exactly we know what, know what we're doing. Yeah, we know what we're doing. We know what music we make and we know... I just think all the strong song structures and stuff are better. And I think it's just better songwriting and it's just better tunes and it feels good to be to be playing. Sorry, mate, we right, keep no. me up. And the... Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit this way. Fed up with you. See when you're setting out an album, do you have a theme for the whole thing? Or do you just do it song by song? Or What's the process behind writing an album? Because I suppose... If you're writing one song, it's a bit easier than thinking I'm going to put together 10 to 12 tracks here or so. Daz, he, he makes the music. So the guy that's not here, he makes the... He comes up with the actual music for it now. 
<clears throat> has done for the past couple of albums. Like, we used to be in the first album, we'd all be in the studio jamming it, making it happen, which is still good. But uh, he comes up with the actual basis of the, the instrumentation, brings it to us. Jamie will put his, his version of the drums on it. Daz puts all the guitar and bass on it. And then I'll, that, the song, as naff as that sounds, seems to, the music tells me what to write or whatever. That's like a certain feeling for it. You know. So do you have like a, a basic rhythm track and then you put your lyrics into it? I saw, I, usually the way he demos the songs, they come almost as complete songs. So, I mean, the demos now as well, people making, he makes it in Logic. It's, I mean, there's people that are in the charts with songs are made in Logic and that's it. They just record them, the guys on their computer. And, Sounds good enough now, you know. Uh, so I, I get pretty much have certainly like a eighty percent finished song anyway. So that then I just write to that, and then me I, I pick a I don't know sometimes I don't even pick a theme. I just write and it seems to go somewhere, and and then we go and we Jamie does the chorus. We write the chorus. It comes up with the melody, and then we have a, we go and record it. And that's that's the song, and then Mary do that. The Mary it starts to feel like maybe well, it seems to go on this subject or. Maybe it becomes like never really a concept. Like class, our first album was kind of a concept album. It was all about like the class system, and and we also thought it was class. We just called it class. <laughs> uh, common problems, kind of, kind of some like political. So, uh, all my stuff's kind of like that. It like a, has a wee, a wee bit of my Kitch. no no a preachy political view, but just how I feel or see the world. So it's always it's always got to be a bit of that anyway. Kind of really like write things like. Loving girls and all that. <laughs> I know. Just not very good at it, man. No. I was some stuff. Jamie like, could do that. Aye, Jamie's he's a man find that your solo stuff. <laughs> so you've had a few lineup changes. You mentioned you're the singer now, Jamie. So I suppose that's a big stage to step up to because you're. It's kind of easy for you. You're playing drums at the same time. You play a click track as well. And I, I was like singing and that, played the drums, but just when it sit at me because it's it's hard. Day, both so just when it was easy bits today, uh, day harmonies and stuff like that. But um, hi, I'm getting better at it. Good. But I'm confident now. So I suppose when you said that, uh, your most recent lineup change, the first gig after it was, was it the boy for Lincoln Park? Or? Aye, that's not a good story. That was <laughs> we went down to we were playing the round house, so it was our first gig as the three, and we. We're playing, it was like certainly it was like 4,000 folk or whatever at the roundhouse. We were the only support, and uh, I went down and it was like, well, we'll get a good sound check and we'll just work us out here. So, everything was different, like the lineup, how we were even lined up on stage was different. Like, Jamie's no longer behind us, he's to the left of us now, and myself and then Daz. So, that was even weird, just like looking about and there's nobody behind you. Uh, and then, like a really, really quick sound check because Mike Shinona took about Four hours practicing this piano part, <laughs> so we had no time to like practice or nothing. And then, uh, were you stressing? I was stressing, man. I was, I was, especially after what happened. So like, the tour manager came, and this never happens. Like it's very rare that a band care enough about support to even suggest this. So that I came down, and the tour manager's like, "Yo, would you like to meet Mike?" And I was like, "I definitely, man. That'd be cool." So come with me, follow me, and I follow him up on stage, and Mike's still playing this piano. And he's like, uh, I was like, by the way, before you start, man, like, huge fan and all that, <laughs> like, Linkin Park, but that Hybrid Theory album when I was a wee guy was like a mega, mega influence and all this. It's like, that's amazing you say that because 
you know, tonight I would love you to perform a song with me. <laughs> I'm like, ah, class, class. And he's like, so do you know, do you know, you obviously know like Bleed From Within, what, what the song's called. And I'm like, ah, how does that go again? <laughs> and he's like, no. I didn't know that track. I didn't know the song, man. So he's like, <laughs> two minds. Is it on that album? No, it was in Hyderabad. And he's like, I think it was a kind of new one. So, but Nina's new after saying. Two minds like, if there's a time to learn, and it's now, kid. So I'm running back today. The dressing, I'm like, fuck, I need to learn my song, man. And then I was, I couldn't even mind the name to Google it. And then I was like, what am I doing? I don't even, I've never even heard this song. We're going to try and learn it. And two seconds, I have to go back up and be like, oh, Sorry, man, I know I said I'm a huge fan of that, but like, don't actually know that song. <laughs> so, he was like, pure shock, giving it. No one's ever said that before. <laughs> no one's ever said no. <laughs> Did you know Hank Evitt saying, I know this one? Well, at, at, at the point where I was like, my brother just got up and then just made the song. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sorry, mate. It's the verse. <laughs> but I, that was, uh, so that was the first gig, but that was, that was fucking madness. With a... Uh... Before we started as well, I was all, I was all confident. It was like, like I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm singing this last part, um, and then just as we were about to go in, I was too, there was a guy there cutting hair for some reason. He, he done half my haircut. What was it like, makeup artist sort of? No, I don't know why. Why was it? Just a guy comes. Sometimes you get folk that are like, I'll come and cut your hair or give you something free if you just let me into the show and for my social media stuff. So. You will embrace that. Uh, so he came so cut hair. Because we just a wee sound check and then a guy goes, do you want a haircut? And it goes, cool. And then something uh, goes, right, you're on in two minutes. So I just done half a haircut. I was like, I'll, I'll get it finished when uh, when I finish the gig or whatever. <laughs> and I, go, I got it in Sheffield about a week ago. <laughs> half, I know it might not look, look like it. But the goes, right, we're on in two minutes. So I took a hang off, shoot my hair off. And then... Uh, so outside the stage, we get this wee intro track that starts. Um, normally, I've got these headphones that I play with that keeps us in time. Because I can't stay in time while I'm in. <laughs> so I've got these uh, headphones, and it's, uh, they're pure crucial to the thing. Make sure that everything's in in time and all that. But normally, I have them sitting in the drums, but because I was trying to be so prepared for this, this gig in London, uh, I took them off stage with me so that I'd have them on. <laughs> So I didn't eat because I footed it to get in. So I, I thought I'll keep them on so they're on stage, but then the, the intro track came on and then uh, ready to go in. And I was like, oh fuck, I've not got these headphones. Uh, that they're not with the drums. I knew I'd walk on and I'd be like, just have to sit there and try and wing it. Then I, I ran back to the. Meanwhile, the American two managers going, what the fuck, man? Get on stage. Because the track's like 30 seconds in. So we're meant to go on stage at this point. He's like, what the it's fuck? Got, and he's I'd, come up going, do have them. No, I'd ran back to the, um, ran back into the backstage bit. The guy was cutting somebody else's hair and I'm having to wake up for these headphones. I, I, yeah, I was sprinting, I was running through the, the corridor and I saw these mad American folk. And then, eh, uh, couldn't find the headphones and thought somebody must they must be in there. I, I need to run around and say to care that <laughs> I can't find them. <laughs> and uh, I'm panicking. And then I ran around and then because I can run the wee door, I think somebody seen me done that. So I thought, cool, somebody's got headphones. <laughs> <laughs> it was like right breathing and that. And then I go, where are they? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then 
had to run back down again. I could see Kieran. I'm running after him. Like something like whiplash. Try to hit him. And I'm like, you fucking kidding me on, man. First gig. And then they were just on the table. We found them. And we go on and had like one half I Because they are fitting again, I didn't have time. It was like, put in and one of them fell off. So we got down going and hit me when I was playing. How did the gig go? It was alright. Aye, it was like, eh. Uh, it got better. Aye, I was saying it earlier, it was kind of like, eh. Uh, can you hear the lawnmower in the back? I know. Class. It's not a big idea to do it outside, <laughs> somebody started cutting their grass. It's a good day for us. Turn that off. Eh. Uh, I was like, eh. Uh, in fact, my terms, it was like coming away and getting a playing away and getting like a one 0 win. We just get through it, sort of thing. It's good. It's like can this until we. I don't know what this boy's gonna be doing. So what's the future plans then? Get the album out, man. Album finish. Uh, finish recording the album and uh, tour it, man. We got a tour in June for the album, and it's it's genuinely like our, our best music we've ever made. So that's why I put it out as many people as possible and see what happens with it. It's well, all going pretty well. There's a few Scottish dates on there, isn't there? Aye, we've got Glasgow, Edinburgh, Dundee, Aberdeen. I mean, the idea was we kind of took a risk with it because the only way you could really get a ticket was... Uh, <laughs> the only way you could really get a ticket was uh, by buying a, an album and ticket bundle sort of thing. So we kind of playing smaller venues to because that's usually a deterrent for people. People don't want to buy any music. Just want to stream it, steal it, and then come. To, they'll, they'll come to your show, which is still fair enough. But we wanted to try and like sell this album. So, where uh, I, if you want to come see the show, you need to buy the album. Good. So please do it. I suppose playing in Scotland must be a, a strange one for you because you're so you're so used to playing big stages now, aren't you? And to go and play smaller venues. I play weird ones, but I mean it's still. Again, it goes back to the old day. Uh, one more That's that boy back there. Uh, <laughs> he clearly ran out of grass. He filled up his <laughs> way back aye, there. He went and emptied it at the bin, and he's filling up his but it goes back to like the start again, where it's like you've well, you've earned your sights, man. You've done it before, so it's not like a bit. It's not totally foreign to you. You're just going back playing some small shows, which sometimes can be better gigs, man. They're like more intimate. Aye, you feel the audience more. Do you know what I mean? So you done transmit last year. That must have been a, a big one for you. Was it, Jamie? Mhm. Aye, aye, but we didn't. No, like we had time to be. Only got it the night of four or something. The day of four. We were in Germany and then saying, "Can you?" Uh, some guy had been arrested or somebody was playing some rapper or something. Like, get caught with a knife or something. And then. They asked us if we wanted to get any more noises happening here. <laughs> There's a dog. A dog. <laughs> Uh, they asked us to play, so we were in Germany, I had to change. We were playing at a festival the night of four. And then I had to get, we meant to fly back like, the next day, the Saturday afternoon, just what a normal time, and I had to change the flight to fly for another airport for, I can't mind, for like Cologne or Dusseldorf or whatever the fuck we were, uh, to get back to Glasgow. And then by, we flew to Edinburgh actually, and then by the time we got there, it was like 10 in the morning, and then same again, sound checking. But, Hadn't really been to bed or whatever, sort of. Yeah, it was good though. Aye, well, good. It's a good festival, man. Aye, they're doing well, eh? I suppose good. if you're Scottish, though, for a lot of young people, it's almost like bring back Dean the Park, but for me, it seems like transmits a lot more hassle free for the organisers. I definitely, I mean, it's like the. There was some serious carry on going on with Dean the Park, man, with the campsite, which 
probably canned that, which helped can it. Canning of festivals where people are dying all the time. <laughs> 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 people are dying all the time, buckle. <laughs> and, uh, aye. So they had to stop it, and uh, it's been a pretty success, successful festival. I suppose now. when you get a bit older, it's good because you can go home at night and it's right in the city. Man, it's city like I've been I've done it the first year. Uh, I think we were on. What were we at the Saturday night? Yeah. On the Saturday night, but it took me about six days to get home or something like that. <laughs> I went on the Sunday and then I just stayed. Stayed it. <laughs> good times. Aye. So you see what it was good to know that I could get home. I wanted to. I'll go home in six uh, days. Aye, aye, but just it took me the next weekend, aye. Suppose uh, he's a he's a traveller a lot. So what, what do you do to relax, care? You do a bit of presenting as well. It's just not even relax, relax man. It's, it's just to make some extra cash, man. Like I DJ when I'm back and and I forget some stuff the BBC or whatever that I'm presenting or some radio stuff or whatever. Just anything, man. It's like anything. I mean, I've done. I've played. I remember the first time we played the main stage at Tea in the Park on the Saturday. On the Monday, I was working on a building site, fitting sash and case windows. But this guy kept talking about himself in the third person. Too black. You get John that wee hammer there. <laughs> Jake, you go to Greg's and get John a wee sausage roll. What? Just be you're John. We <laughs> sitting all these five going like, "Don't worry, son. You'll play tea in the park one day." I'm like, I played it fucking six times. I'm still here with you. <laughs> so like, you, I mean, if you're in a tour in band, you can't really go and get a, a proper job because you need to go away all the time. So fortunately this year, because we've done all right or we've been away as much, like I've, when I come back, I just DJ or Jamie plays in, in the pubs or whatever. And Dad's a quite a good setup. He's where he can work when he's away from home. And uh, I mean, there's, mate, it's standards. There's, there's top 40 bands that work in Nando's. That's just a, that's just a reality of this now. So if you want to date, you need, to, at this stage, if we're like 11 years, 12 years deep, we're, we're only doing this for the right reasons. Have to be. Because a savvy man would go around and get a job to make a proper living, but it's, you still get by, man, and you, as long as you can... You just kind of need to do everything to make what to make it like one thing. So if it's DJing, presenting or whatever, like anything you've got that you can use to, to keep yourself going, you have to do. And that's, that's the reality of being, a, I think, a, a working musician, and I think that it's only going to get worse. Like, my only fear, fear of it is that I hope that it doesn't become a, a really inclusive, like exclusive club where it's like it's only the, top like the rich uh -huh. that can can be musicians because it's hard to sustain this sort of life. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless you've got like your mom and dad's loaded or something, and you can just play at musicians for a while or play at bands. Uh -huh. Because it's, it's hard to keep yourself going. Jamie, you're never out of the, the pubs playing as well. You're <laughs> never out of the pub, Jamie. Never out of the pub. Uh, aye, I had four gigs on Saturday there. I like playing drums. <laughs> I like being in pubs. She's often get recognised when you're out and about. I've seen a lot of folk tweeting you and saying like, oh, I've just met Jamie and Kerr and... Uh, aye, sometimes. Run about here, whatever, but no. Never get recognised in India. <laughs> no. But you so, played, sorry, that gig, played that gig in Motherwell at Christmas and I remember turning up a few hours before it and there was like what, five German folk had come over. I know, there's people that take it pretty. I just fought there for Italy. 
France, Spain. So I've seen the Motherwell uh, tourism board would be booming, man. <laughs> we're playing. No, it's uh, I it's just uh it's weird calling them fans and all that, isn't it? It's like fans. Fanatical. <laughs> aye, fanatical fans. <laughs> aye man, it's like it's party, isn't it? If uh, people are you appreciate it man, if they're if they're into your music then it's nice to just say hello and whatever and mm. it's cool to really appreciate them liking it. <laughs> aye. Quite a hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> do you get noticed? I feel, no, I feel as if he's like, he's come across really well with your fans. Like, I, well, it's just because we're normal, it's just because it's like, I don't know how you could act any, I don't know man, we're so, because it, we've been done it for as long as well, you're so grounded in the reality of it, like we know what it's like to, I play to thousands of folk and then the next day walk on a building site or, it's just such a seesaw effect all the time. So, there you go. You'd be cutting grass next week. Aye, cutting grass. Could be cutting grass next week, man. I'm cutting grass next week. There you go. Nice one. Where can folk check you out? Yeah, the internet. Just type in the laugh on brain. Wishy baths. Wishy baths. Wishy baths. Jamie's came straight for the gym. And, uh, aye, please, if you've never heard this before, check us out. And if you have, and uh, it'd be nice if you supported us by buying our new album so we could dominate the charts. Where's your gigs? What dates? June sometime. Please just Google it man. <laughs> check out the internet. Check out the internet and we'll have all the info. Nice one. Thank Thanks you very for much for coming on. Tis, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> guys finished. Guys <laughs> 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 finished. <laughs> Should get him over for a wee chat right. next day. Nice one. Now thanks to everybody uh, for listening to this episode again of the DW Podcast. Check us out on the internet. Uh, and thanks to Jamie and Kerr for coming on. Cheers mate. Thank you. Thank you.